This is the Ross Grimsley Show. The Ross Grimsley Show is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center and ask for Mobile One. Now, here's the old left-hander, Ross Grimsley. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. As usual, Kyle Ottenheimer joining me again. Morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're coming from the live casino hotel studio. A uh, beautiful day. Uh, I'm, as I'm, I was whining before, my arms hurt. I had, uh, like I told you, the shingle shot and the flu shot. So if you hear me whimpering over here a little bit. Uh, Understandable. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> for a pitcher, I can't imagine you've ever dealt with arm soreness <laughs> no, yeah, really. in your life. So this is probably a new experience. Well, I was, I was making fun of my, my wife last night. I go, come on, suck it up. And this morning I'm going, gee, many Christmas. I got it's, it's a fever and whatever. So was there any re- reflex in you to get out the ace bandage and some ice? No, she said, less ice. I go, I'm not icing this. It was a shot. The hell with it. I ain't doing it. But uh, anyway, well, let's get uh, let's get some business out of the way. And I know uh, we talk about this every morning. We're on here about uh, Costa's Inn, 4100 uh, North Point Boulevard. It's crab time. I mean, the crabs now are big. They're reminder. full. I know. I know. Hadn't been there in a while, but uh, they're known far and wide for the great steamed crabs and crab cakes. They have nightly specials that inc- include crab cake night on Mondays, rib night on Tuesdays, steak night on Wednesdays, and lobster night on Thursdays. That steak night on Wednesdays, if you get a bottle of wine, half price. Can't, can't beat that. Can't beat that. Check out thecostasin.com uh, to find out more info. They also, the uh, outstanding Costas in crab cakes, they'll ship them anywhere in the country. So that's... Uh, uh, Costa's in 4100 North Point Boulevard. Uh, you can't go wrong. Pete and Nick down there, the whole family's down there, yep. and they treat you just like their family. And uh, uh, crabs, got to go for them. Mm-hmm. And the other, that they have other year. great stuff. Oh, I know. They're really outstanding now, too. Anyway, uh, I told you t- today we have uh, our guest today is uh, he played high school football. Well, that counts for that, sports. That counts for sports. But uh, uh, a book written about him, Buried Alive, Roy Hallams. We, went to, we grew up together, we went to high school together. And when we graduated, we went our separate ways. He went in the Navy. Anyway, he was a hostage in Iraq for 311 days. Great story. Wrote a book. Um, we saw him two months after he was rescued. The rescue was unbelievable. Had the disc of the Army Rangers going in and getting. We'll talk to him more about it, but it is a fantastic story. You were telling me a little about, about a bit about it before the show. Yeah. And uh, Look, I'm... I'm used to talking sports and right. in this studio, and to people who, different. I, yeah. whose most like accomplished moments include, if they're lucky, like yeah. championships or right. maybe personal awards. Uh, this is certainly a different. This is a different experience, thing. and he is. Uh, I mean, talk about pressure. Uh, that hell pitching within the World Series in the seventh game. That eleven days. When you hear like, some of this stuff that went on, uh, it was just. I mean, you're just flabbergasted and. Uh, we saw him two months after he was uh, uh, released. Yeah, and uh, I asked his ex-wife Susan if we can ask anything. Sure. He goes, she asked him anything. Two months. He lost about fifty pounds. Wow. But he was able to. Uh, he was on uh, CNN. Uh, Le- Leslie Stahl, I think. I think that's her name. Yeah, Le- Leslie Stahl, sixty that, minutes. Okay. And tells a story. Calm. He was never just a calm. Low-key guy. We'll get to it uh, yeah, later, but yeah. Pretty fascinating. Uh, it's um, unbelievable. I mean, harrowing. It's a great, yeah. great story, but uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, the the, uh, the playoffs, that so has far, been so – uh, have you watched uh, – I watched uh, I've watched a decent bit, and yeah. it's you know off and on here and there. It seems right. like there's a game on anytime. All the time, I know. <laughs> anytime you want to put a game on, you have the ability, it feels really? like. 
But um, the, uh, the Houston, uh, Tampa Bay uh, just uh, I mean, jumped all over uh, Houston and Grinky and uh, jumped on Miley. You don't think that. Like, it's going to be what, one more game, probably. More than likely. Verlander I mean, is I, it's scheduled to Verlander go. against uh, uh, today, against Castillo. They go, they're using their bullpen. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, you got you got Verlander. you got Cole tomorrow or the next day if, if you need be. So, I, I think they uh, uh, they got a soft spot. And I think they probably pitched all the guys they don't care about oh, yeah, that yeah. much well, yesterday. Uh, right, to, to save so they're, they're today, rested but, with the guys they – But one of the things they talk about, Houston will probably go. Well, they're going to play the Yankees who are playing real well. Playing we'll great. get to them in a second. But uh, one of the things they talk about, you got Cole Verlander. Grinky doesn't pitch well – in the He's playoffs. Been, He's what, got did he give him five earned runs in the six, last Six earned runs in three and two-thirds innings. Uh, he has, I think, a 756 earned run average in uh, in playoff ball. Do you it. think – do you believe how much of a factor is that intangible with pitchers when it becomes playoff time, right? Like the discussion that Scherzer hasn't pitched well in the playoffs. For a pitcher <laughs> yeah. like – Max Scherzer, who over a 162-game stretch, over 162-game stretch after 162-game stretch, has oh, just yeah. demonstrated that they are consistently one of the best pitchers in baseball. But you can throw Grinky You watched that. that game last night, correct? Yeah. He, he was done. He was wore out, and he, had, I mean, he has put everything into every pitch uh, that he's thrown in this, this yeah. series and uh, got seven innings. Uh, what was it? Seven innings. Four hits, one run, three strikeouts, or three base on ball, seven strikes. 109 pitches, 79 strikes. Well, for a guy that was more, look, we talk about his stuff, his velocity. That was more like pitchability. That was no, his, he pitched. Right. I mean, it, when he walked the bases loaded, wait a minute. It looks like, and he was missing big time because he, he tried. What happens when you lose your stuff? You try to add extra. You add extra you're going to take away from your command. Yep. Finally, he got it back, and uh, the big pitch was the first pitch after he had the bases loaded. He threw a breaking ball, great breaking ball, strike one. He was looking heater because they do that. That is the smart. That There's nothing that tells you well, to do that. Well, that's how other pitchers than, who don't have the fastball pitch, well, right? Well, like you I have mean, to pitch backwards. You're guessing. I mean, you're wild. The Most smart hitters will go, he's got to throw a strike. And he's going to throw a strike with the best pitch he can throw a strike with, which is usually a fastball. His most reliable pitch so to you throw cheat. a strike with, right? So you cheat, and uh, he cheated for a fastball. He got the slider, and he made good pitches. He so, ended up striking him out, and then he got uh, the next out, got out of the inning. With how used up, and with the the Dodge, I mean, excuse me, the Nationals starting rotation, yeah. has been right. Like they've used both Strasburg yeah. and Scherzer excessively, and right. you know Corbin has. Not as you know, they reliable put him in the in bullpen. Regard, they, right? they brought him in. Yeah. How do you like their chances? They were able to force a game five, but Not really, I mean, but that, you know, it's going to be their bullpen uh, that is really uh, important. And you're you're seeing guys, the starters are pitching out of the bullpen now with uh, with several different teams. So wait a minute, they haven't done that all year, and now you see some things that that you would th- think they would do during the season: play some small ball yep. and try to get. Wait a minute! Why don't you do this before? You know, and it's uh, you know because you know it's going to happen. But uh, Zimmerman, perfect example. Uh, they Ryan Zimmerman hits the three-run home run. Yep, puts him up five to one, or yeah, five to one, I think. And uh, normally he doesn't hit in that situation. What was it? A lefty? No, it was a right-hander. Okay, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah. right-hander. He doesn't hit in that right. situation, but you want the guy that you got the guy. He's right. done this before. The numbers say no. But now you go, he has had some big hits in the past. He, he's done this before. You leave him in, hits a home and run. And I think that there's – look, it's been a little while since the Orioles were in the postseason. But 
I'll never forget just even really good hitters will, when they get to the postseason, press a little bit. Like they're, oh, sure. well, they're yeah, hacking, be, they're be, trying. Better pitching. Well, yeah, but, but also be, better I'm, pitching I'm, will shut down better hitting most of the time. And I think that there's a tendency to just be jumpy at the plate, right? Like you're looking for something to jump on because you want well, to it, have that moment, right? Depending on the situation. But that, I don't think that, that, that's that as is, liable to happen with a guy like Ryan Zimmerman as it would be with, you know, insert, you know, yeah, Rob, I mean, Robles, you know, for example. Yeah, I mean, it, that was – I thought that was a, a key move uh, to leave him in to hit because, I mean, that, that's just – in the game, that's a feeling that you get watching the game, being around the game, and everything could say, no, don't do that. But you got the feeling, and most of the time, if you go with your feeling, it's going to work. You know, but you got to have the experience and sure. the eye and see things. It's just something, something just said that this, even more so there when you're around it, you know that things like that will happen at, at, you know, at, at times, and it really did. So, have the Yankees shown you enough with their Holy pitching smoke. to make you think that the Astros Yankees is, you uh, uh, know? That's going to be, uh, I would have to say, but the, the Twins, they hit, hit 218. Their bullpen gave up 14 runs, which we talked about before. Sure. It wasn't really they're pitching in general. Ex- exactly. I mean, they were they were good against uh, you know uh, they won a lot of games. They led the led the major leagues in home this runs. This is going and I hate to be a broken record here. Yeah. Going back to the Orioles every year essentially, where they were 250 plus home runs in yeah. the regular season and right. bad pitching. That's not a formula that wins no. the playoffs. Well, and and you look at you look at the Orioles, and one of the things that I got it here somewhere. Uh, well, they give up they give up. Over 300 home runs. They were. They would have. They would have but had the, the third most. The teams combined against the Orioles would have had the third most home runs in the big leagues this oh, year. Like it, the Twins and the Yankees, the only two teams that hit that, more home were, runs than the Orioles allowed. There were 58 players that hit 30 or more home runs. That ain't never happened. Yeah, that's never happened. There well, was, the Orioles did their part as well. Oh, they, uh, yeah, <laughs> they made and, it a little and, easier for and them. And they, the Orioles had. Uh, oh, where have I got this? Here it is. The Orioles had. Ten players who hit ten or more home runs to tie an O's record. Now they tied the O's record from the '98 team and the 2000 team. Wait a minute. Well, 2000 wasn't you. You had some. You got some big talkers in that. No doubt. I mean, Albert you Bell know, was a damn good and, player. And right? my, my point. My, my point is the ball. It's these oh, yeah, numbers it's are kind of skewed. You know. Interesting thing I saw. There was well, Garrett Cole's masterful performance. Yes. By the way, his mechanics Un- are are he, absolutely perfect. He's fantastic. Have you seen the uh, the gif, the gif on Twitter of the overlay of yes. all three oh, yeah. of his pitches? Yes. The release yeah. point for yeah. his curveball, his slider, his fastball yes. are exactly the same. You yeah. cannot different like that's the key oh absolutely you want it to look like a fastball coming out of your hand i heard a story where he was repeatedly not a story he he was repeatedly asking the umpire for a new ball yeah throughout the course of the game somebody i think it was somebody who was a pitching guy noted that whenever he would ask for a new ball the majority of the time the pitch after that was a curveball and because he was apparently, or the speculation was, he was looking for a ball that had better had some, seams. Had some seams. For him to actually yeah. grip and get some spin on the ball because the right. ball has been so... It's like, tough to get spin on it, you know. And it, it's usually, sometimes you could get... If you've got long fingernails yeah. or a long thumbnail, you can scratch the ball and raise the seams. Now, on these new balls, I'm not really sure, but they're really slick. And to, and to generate some uh, uh, spin... You know, you really got to finish the pitch, and and a, and a big thing, like like you said, coming out of the same slot. That's the biggest thing you try to get guys. You want it to look like 
the same pitch all the time. You well, know, it's a magic. fastball, curveball, change. When I mean, you see it, it's magic the no, way that it's, it's so repeatable. And <laughs> yeah, like, no, it is. It is. But you know, getting back to the, to the playoffs, you talk about the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees pitching. Uh, you know, they've they've held they held Minnesota to seven runs in the series. Uh, you know, Minnesota has lost sixteen straight postseason games. That hurts. Thirteen of them to the Yankees. That hurts. So that that's really tough. The the bullpen, like I said. Uh, for the Minnesota, just the overall pitching. But the one guy in the Yankees that is really impressed and maybe the most valuable team uh, player on the team, D.J. LeMahieu. Oh, yeah. Hey, this guy has been uh, – he led the league in hitting one year. He comes over here, plays uh, uh, plays every every position, uh, you know, hits, does hits some, some power. Well, he existed he, in the world where because of Coors Field, we don't know how much credit yep. to give no. the Rockies hitters. Uh, when they put up these gaudy numbers over there in Colorado, and then they get a chance elsewhere and demonstrate that that's not a fluke, right? Yeah, They're right. good baseball players. Right. Like Corey Blackman would be killing it anywhere it, he played. It, probably everybody now, you look at the balls flying out of the park. And that was, I, I listened to uh, the commissioner. Uh, um, I got it mixed Manfred. up with Manfred with the guy from Silver. NBA. Yes, because yeah. I'm thinking about that. You know? <laughs> we'll throw something out about that. But uh, yeah, they, listening to him talk about, uh, well, you know, the the balls are basically I, I, and they're basically the same. The players are bigger, stronger. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, right. We get right. that. But the ball, it, I read that. I told you the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the last time you had numbers like this was the steroid era. Where they had the forty, you know, forty plus guys. Still, they're still four. trying to cover it all well, up. Yeah, there. I mean, come on. And I, I think that's that. And then the uh, whole thing where Major League Baseball bought Rawlings, exactly. And I they're mean. playing dumb about how <laughs> yeah. we didn't do anything to the baseball. Well, really, we did it's, change they, it. And they they blame it's human. Uh, right. People, humans make this. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I get I that. Think, you know. Come I on. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, tomorrow's game the, the Strasburg and. Uh, uh, Walker Bueller. Strasburg's now what on four days rest, Ooh, three or four, maybe something like that. I mean, you could uh, get at best six or yeah. seven out of them. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, they're going to go as long as they can go. I mean, it's it, it's win it all. And then who's on the, is Bueller back on the mound for the Dodgers? Yes, yeah, Oof. yeah. Who is really good and watching and watching the kid last night? May with the, with the ha- with the hair. That crazy somebody stuff. somebody said something. I go, yeah. Uh, my wife was watching. She goes, uh, "This guy's something." And I go, "Look at that hair. That's awful." She goes, "Did you just say that?" I went, "I'm kidding. I'm kidding." Because my hair was so big. Like, but this guy's got a pretty good arm. That fastball round the plate ball moves, and he is. I think the keep coming up with his guys. Nickname was uh, I heard it was Ginger Guard. Ginger Guard. So I don't know. Call him whatever Ginger you guard. want. You know, no, he's he's a guy. They've yeah. been their Orioles back when they were looking to trade Machado, and their names were tossed around. Uh, yeah. Gavin Lux, Dustin May. Those were the guys the Dodgers were saying. Up. I'm sorry, we <laughs> yeah. are not getting no, rid of those guys. Not a chance. And Bueller is another guy that's oh really gosh. outstanding. So. I mean, he doesn't get the credit I think that that he deserves because he's pitching behind Kershaw and oh, Kershaw's yeah, that yeah. name and the face. But Bueller. Had multiple fifteen-plus strikeout, oh, no walk games. Un- unbelievable this season. But uh, Houston today, you got Verlander and Castillo. That one, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah, Molino got the sack fly. Yeah, the Cards bullpen killed. shut down. Atlanta's bullpen's killing them. Well, it and yes, exactly right. The middle of the order for Atlanta, the three through seven, they're hitting. Well, Acuna had around, a Acuna uh, did uh, his part. Acuna, uh, Duvall. Uh, 
these. I mean, they're, they're Albies, doing. Albies had a couple moments yeah. yesterday, and but they can they can pitch around. Freeman's these guys. been the real problem. Freeman's had Freeman's a, had not a problem. right right now. Uh, in all, a lot of I mean, three through seven is that they're hitting on the interstate. You know, one twenty, one thirty. It's a shame. Yeah, and it's and uh, because you want to see Mark Akis, as Orioles fans, you want to see Mark Akis oh, yeah. succeed. Uh, you want to see, I think, Darren O'Day succeed, and yeah. I think the Braves are a fun team to think, watch. They just did not build no. their bullpen. I mean, well. the, the no, well, and, and the Cardinals overall. Cardinals, I think, are the underdog, but I mean, they're well, sneaky. Both teams. I mean, they're both equal. I mean, well, Azuna two, is a oh yeah. That first home run he hit yes. was. Crushed, but that will be yeah. The Cardinals send Flaherty out, who's a really good pitcher. Yeah, I rock in, and then uh, uh, Atlanta's got uh, Folt Witzky. Folt, uh, Folt, yeah, Folt W I C Z. Folt, Folt, close enough. Mike Folt yeah. That's tomorrow too, so that that should be good. Who has yeah. some good stuff in his own right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. They're just going to need him to go a long way uh, because that bullpen is really a liability. Yeah. And uh, the Cardinals, I mean, it's. You got to look at you got to look at the pitching. I, I think, and the teams usually with the best pitching. And what the what the Yankees did to Minnesota was just really. You go wait a minute, especially with the offense they have. Se- right? Severino like, came back and pitched four innings, and the, then they run the other guys out there that uh, were outstanding. But uh, Torrey's three hits. Uh, well, that also he run. played some good defense. As oh well. yeah, the Yankees are playing. I mean, for what they've been through, ninety million dollars on the DL. And uh, they've well, that's back. the thing. They managed to win 107 games despite never really having their entire really? roster yep. at any point. Um, this is probably as healthy as they've been throughout the course of the season, which is a scary thought when you hate the Yankees <laughs> succeeding. Yeah, really? Uh, so we're rooting for the Astros over here yeah. in Baltimore. You know, uh, one of the things that came up uh, was talking about uh, the union are responding to some comments about the teams making their comments about not spending money in free agency. Sure. That is an issue. And also the non-traditional coaches that they're hiring. Now, I, the more, and I, I speak on this because I've talked to a lot of people, coaches, managers, and stuff, they can't say nothing for fear of losing their jobs. So I'm kind of a mouthpiece to what, Few people I can get sure. to. I'm I'm going to be down at the Babe Ruth Museum this weekend, okay. uh, from one thirty to two thirty, talking about the rebuild for the Orioles, which has been some really. I mean, there's, there's been some good. You know, Hayes, uh, obviously Mancini, but Hayes for somebody that played defense. That's one of the big things they need. They need better defense, you know, which is uh, uh, something. But Hayes has been really. He's done a great job. He showed something, even though it was September. But he's healthy. It looks like he's like to see healthy. him having some momentum entering the season, yeah. and you know the health has been the biggest problem right. for him. So if he can yeah. get a full off season training and getting ready, then that's what, certainly what are they, they going to do with VR? He's uh, uh, arbitration eligible, I believe. Yeah, and his numbers are better than he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's what do you do? I mean, I look, I, they, can, they don't have a better option to try it out there at second base, no. right? Their hope is somehow he's. Valuable enough to somebody else at some point. Hopefully so. They yeah. can trade him, but means means had a great year. He he showed what was really impressive about him. He he struggled at the All Star break, bounced back. Yep. Now if he can have a good year next year, go hey wait a minute we got something here, you know. But uh, what the what the Orioles do? They go out and get these guys, these DFA guys, with good spin rates. I don't know if I can throw it over the plate or get anybody out, but that's what they do. Well, they're a reclamation project. It's and, an attempt to. And, and they're not worried about winning. Right. 
which that's is right. which is hey, frankly that's, that's the nature of what they're doing uh, right now. Unfortunately, for this time, like for at least yeah. a year or two more, the Orioles have the ability to experiment in that sort of way. It, and it, yeah, it's not it, it. It's I don't think there's a saying I used to say with my buddy, where I would talk about like going out in sweatpants isn't necessarily going to stop you from meeting a person like I'm meeting a woman. No, and it's the the difference is not the difference. Like the difference between the Orioles trotting out a ten win pitcher in the fifth spot between a five win pitcher in the yeah. fifth spot is not the difference between the Orioles succeeding in the big picture in no. two thousand and twenty. Yeah, the, the thing is, it, it's so it's so lopsided. You know, you got you had ten teams with ninety or more wins. You had four teams with a hundred wins. Uh, you had ten teams with ninety or more losses and four teams with a hundred losses. I mean, the the Orioles were twenty six and sixty seven against teams over five hundred. They were twenty eight and forty one against teams yeah, below five hundred. The worst. They so were... what, what happens is, I mean, it's but you in talking about what they're doing to free agency, I, you know, you just kind of scratch your head. It's about money. You could look at it anyway, and, and the, the, some of the people they're hiring. One of the things. Look, look, let me do this real quick. Thing called Driveline. Yep, it's a it's in, up in, in Seattle. Seattle. In yep. Seattle, they just hired the Reds. Hired a guy named Kyle uh, Brody. I think Brody B O D D Y. Yeah. he is the founder of Driveline. He was a Microsoft analyst. And of course, the Cincinnati Reds were the team that traded for Trevor Bauer. Yes, who, Trevor Bauer who is, is big the, time yeah, into that, correct. and and their pitching coach, I believe, is into this. So anyway, they're bought in, they're buying in, right? big time, yeah, big time. So anyway, some of the comments uh, that, that first of all, the path into baseball is no longer necessarily paved through time spent playing the game. I think that would help. Sure, but I, I, I will be scouring Twitter for the next pitching coaches. Okay. Baseball development system was broken, which is news to me. Filled with arrogant or ignorant executives, too arrogant to understand where the game is headed. I'm going, how dare you say that? What, what are you talking about? He said, this guy has full control of the Reds' pitching philosophy and, has de- and demanded that. But he's also going to work at driveline. He's still staying. He found it in his with, with his there, other right, with yeah. anybody else in there. They can only work part time. So you're not going to devote 100. percent But you spent 10 years reading about pitching, and now you're a, a guru. If I want to know about pitching, I, I think I will. I will. First of all, I would have to play a little bit and have a little bit of idea about it. But but to make those comments, uh, first I didn't know the game was broke. I really didn't, and, and a lot of people look at it and they just kind of scratch their heads. No, it, it's it's not. It's, it's the game is being played differently because of the way the conditions and the baseball and stuff are. But to make those comments, that, that that's outrageous to me. I, I he taught himself about pitching. So I will oh, okay. I will ask you some. There's a notion, right, that great players don't always make great coaches exactly right right? because you know they can't teach what it is that made them that good that's an innate ability right absolutely Greg Maddox can't go teach somebody to paint a corner the way that he did no but no well I mean he maybe could try you can be more effective you can give uh what he does what he thinks how he feels what it's like to do it but some guys can't do it because it was easy for them and they get frustrated because they 
they can't pass it on. Did you like when the Orioles instituted and brought in Rick Peterson with the biomechanical Some, analysis? Somewhat. So, some of the things that he did, uh, I understood. Other things, uh, the, the game has changed to the point where, and just talking to Palmer, guys don't throw as much anymore, which is terrible. I mean, it's a power game. They can't. It's it, and but the but the thing is, well, it's also it, their innings caps, right? It's oh like, yeah, but everything is everything is full bore. Yep, you see more injuries. There's a lot more injuries now than before. A lot of injuries that you never saw years and years ago. I'm of the belief that when we talked about Garrett Cole, how beautiful the overlay, the ability to yep. repeat the delivery perfectly, right? Like. There's a ideal pitching delivery, right? The quote unquote perfect pitching form. It in theory, right? Like you, it, you, you it, land. It, it varies from guy to guy, and that's like people can make an imperfect or a, a pitching motion with some imperfections more than effective. Randy Johnson wasn't pitching by the book that they're talking about when they say it was Scotty McGregor, right? Like you can still succeed with differences, but like there's so, but not to the point where what you're doing will. Hurt you eventually, right? And that's where, and like, that's where you got people question if you're well, yeah. if you're landing before your arms and elbows up by the it's, side of your head. You're, you know, you're increasing the likelihood of having an elbow injury yeah. and all of that and, stuff. And, so, but, but there's a lot of injuries now, and and one of the big things is because you can't try to. Well, if you're going to throw two innings or three innings, you you probably could, but you're not going to bounce back as quick. And that's most most injuries come from guys. Throwing, trying to throw harder than yep. they're capable of throwing, yep. and that's what is wanted now because it's a power game. It's so really you're, interesting you're gonna, to see. It's a live act. Look, oh it's no, the, I, experiment. The it, Reds yeah. will be more interesting. They got well, the talent other, in their system. Other as well. teams have contracted con, uh, those guys in the past. So right, that, that's uh, All right, we're going to take interesting. our break on the other side. We've got a very interesting chat with Roy Hallams. Uh, this is the Ross Grimsley Show from the Live Casino Hotel Studio here at Pressbox. This is Stan the Fan for Glen Burnie Transmissions, located right in the heart of Glen Burnie for almost 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to the dealers for a repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to their website at gbt-online.com to check out all of the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate at Camden Yards. Sliders Bar and Grill is at 504 Washington Boulevard, just steps away from Camden Yards. It's the perfect sports bar for every season. This is the perfect time to book your private party or take the office to lunch. Feeding clients, take them to Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar, Sliders, for great food and drinks with some local atmosphere. You can book your private event on the second floor or on the outside patio, both overlooking the best stadium in baseball. See all of Slider's daily specials or book your party at slidersbaltimore.com. Slider's, Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar. Visit them today. Hey, this is Stan the Fan. You know we're all hoping for a special season out of our football team. When it comes to dining out casually and affordably, I know a place is special every season. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. Not only are they known all over for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes, they have a couple specials you want to keep in mind. Monday night is crab cake night. Tuesday night is ribs night. Wednesday night is steak.
Steak Night partnered with half-priced bottles of your favorite wines. And Thursday night is Lobster Night. So check out the Costas Inn this football season, and you may come back whatever the season. That's the Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard, 410-477-1975. Welcome back, everybody. The Ross Grimsley Show is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend your engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. All right, Kyle, I told you a little bit about what uh, our guest is. Uh, he, uh, we grew up together in Memphis, Tennessee, North Memphis, and uh, uh, we graduated in 1968. Uh, we, I went on to baseball. I believe uh, Roy went uh, into the service. Anyway, Roy Hallams. Roy was a hostage in Iraq for 311 days. So uh, interesting story. Roy, thanks for being with us, buddy. Sure. Glad to do it. <laughs> All right. Now, let, let's go back. 1968, graduate from high school. I go to baseball. Did you go right into the Navy at that time? Uh, well, I finished at uh, University of Memphis, and then after that went into the Navy and was in the Navy for uh, 21 years, yeah. Now, did what was your highest rank? I, I was a uh, commander. And those in the, in the Army, they would call that a lieutenant colonel. Okay. All right. Uh, a big wig, huh? <laughs> well, not, not in the overall scheme of things, but it's okay. pretty, pretty good. I got, a, I know. Boy. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> pretty good for a Memphis boy. Anyway, now uh, you go to you spent time in Saudi Arabia. I know that. Yeah, what about ten yeah. years or so? Then you yeah. en- then you ended up in uh, Iraq. How did yeah. you end up there? Uh, I had. Worked in Saudi Arabia for 10 years, and I finished up my contract there. Uh, the war was over in Iraq, and a lot of people, uh, civilian contractors, were going into Iraq to start with the rebuilding, what we thought. I mean, it never happened. <laughs> and so I got a contract to uh, go into Iraq and work as a civilian. Right. Okay. Uh, now, you were, you, were, you were in your office. And all of a sudden, these guys bust in with AK-47s, what have you. Fill us in a little bit on, on how that happened and what, what went down. Uh, yes, I was in uh, uh, Baghdad, uh, one of the suburbs, uh, working in the office. And it was, it was just about sunset, about uh, 20 guys with AK-47s broke in the office, uh, they came in my office and they said, uh, you come with us or we'll kill you. And so they took me down, took me out and put me in a car and we took off. Uh, and for the next uh, six weeks, uh, they were moving me around every Friday night to different little houses. And uh, I had my hands and feet tied, had a uh, blindfold all, on all the time. And then after about six weeks, they took me to a little farmhouse where they had dug out this little room under the farmhouse, maybe four feet tall, eight feet wide. And they kept me in that uh, little hole under the farmhouse for nine months. And eventually I was rescued by uh, Army Special Forces that had uh, picked up one of the gang members and had found out uh, where I was being held. So that, that was that was 2004, correct? Right, yeah, 2004 it, and 2005. Right now, th- this is back when they were taking hostages right and left over there, and uh, they were beheading them. 
Uh, a lot of it was for ransom. A lot of it was for whatever else. But, uh, I mean, did that ever come into your – I mean, there had to be so many things that came into your mind. Uh, I, I had to be terrified of, about what uh, what could have happened. But what, just what was your mindset, when, and how did you get through this? Oh, well, I mean, yes. I mean, uh, at that time, they, you're right, there were two kinds of gangs. Uh, one gang wanted money. One gang wanted to make a political statement and uh, make a video of you being beheaded. When they first came in to my office, I didn't know which gang I had. But uh, after I'd been held for about uh, 10 days, uh, the leader of the gang told me they were going to get $12 million for me. Uh, and so then I knew it was a gang for money, and they would keep me alive for a little while because they wanted the money rather than, you know, kill me after right. a week. So. Well, you, you, in your office, you had a, I guess, an attache case that had all your personal information in there, and uh, they it was locked away, and they never got that. That had all the information that uh, stated that you were in the military, you were in the Navy, uh, so on and so forth, if they would have got a hold of that. And I know, now, Susan, your your ex-wife, who uh, you had divorced a couple years before that, were still very close. And when all this went down, I was in contact with her a little bit. And one of the things she said is, don't say anything about Roy being in the military because they would probably kill him. Yes, that uh, it, it was good that I didn't have any idea on me because I – you're you're right. When I in Baghdad, people carried around a little black gym bag with all their IDs in it. And when I was kidnapped, the gang didn't pick that bag up, and uh, they never knew I was in the military. Uh, they didn't know anything about American culture. Not knowing somebody my age would probably have been in the military uh, anyway, but from the draft. Uh, but you're right. If they had known that, that would have been big, big trouble. I mean. During the uh, time I was held, different news agencies called uh, the Pentagon and were trying to get information on if I was held. And at the Pentagon, they told them, well, well, we'll have to get back to you. we got to research our records. So that never actually came out, which was very good for me. Yeah. Now, what, what month was this that you were, you were uh, uh, captured? That was in... Uh, um, November. November, and I don't think it ever came out for about a month after, did it? Right. In a, in a, in a case like terrorism case like this, FBI has uh, jurisdiction. And the FBI was telling uh, my family, don't talk about it uh, in the beginning because they didn't know if they could uh, actually get me out quickly or not. Uh, but after a few months, it uh, became obvious they, they weren't going to be able to get me out. So, yes, first couple of months, it, it was all very quiet. They, they kept messing with you, saying that they'd made a deal and, uh, and what have you, didn't they? Oh, the gang members? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, that, that they, were, all, yeah. they were always telling. At first, I believed it. They, they yeah. told me that, you know they were, every, they were talking and, and everything was going to be okay and they were going to let me go soon. But after about the uh, 10 or 15th time they said that, I thought, well, you know, you guys are just making this up for some reason. Right. Now, you, you, were, you were in there. There were, there were people coming in and out, other hostages, correct? Uh, that's right. Up to, there were up to 10 people in, in that little room under the floor with me uh, because this, this was a kidnap gang. I mean, in Iraq, uh, gangs kidnap people all the time for money, uh, mostly uh, Iraqis. Uh, there were, with me, there was uh, 
uh, French news reporters, Romanian reporters, and the others were Iraqis that were coming in. And after their payments would be, I mean, after their ransoms would be paid, they would be released. But I'm still there because nobody's paying twelve million for me. So. <laughs> what was what was the food situation like during all this? Oh, the food they. Uh, in the Middle East, uh, they drink this uh, really hot tea with maybe six scoops of sugar in a tiny glass. And uh, then th- the gang would give me the tea. They would give me uh, like a couple of handfuls of rice and maybe four or five pieces of chicken. Hmm. I mean, chopped up chicken right. uh, a day. Sometimes lamb, which lamb I don't care for, but I ate it. <laughs> And, and that was about it. You know, there were, I lost like 60 pounds. So. Wow. Now, we, uh, there was, I remember you telling, uh, uh, mentioned something about there was a woman. Uh, was a French lady down there with, with you? or Yeah, got a, yeah, French reporter. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, whatever transpired uh, with that. Oh, well, they, she, I was talking to her late one night. The gang had told us not to talk and right. they'd kill us, but, but we would whisper to each other, and I said to her, uh, well, uh, how much do they want for you? And she said, oh, they want $6 million for me and, um, and a translator. And I said, oh, well, I'm an American. They want $12 million for me. I'm worth <laughs> twice as much as you. And she laughed, and she said, yeah, but the French will pay, and the Americans won't. <laughs> yeah. did, did, did they, now, through, through a normal day, well, it's not normal, but how? Yeah. what did you do? How did you uh, keep a, a, your mind uh, from just totally going nuts well i mean that's uh yeah. well the jury's still out on the nuts but <laughs> i'm i'm uh you know that that was the hard part because there you are you're in this little room it's totally dark if you held your hand up you couldn't see your hand and you're tied up with your hands and feet and you're laying there day after day no radio no tv no books no newspapers no nothing you're just laying on a concrete floor and so what I would do is I would think about things I was going to do when I got out of that room. Because if you start thinking about, well, what can go wrong today, everything can go wrong. You'd be dead in five minutes. You don't know. But I would think about, well, when I get back to Memphis, I'm going to do this on my house. And I've got a daughter that lives in California. So I would think about, well, I'm going to drive across country, and I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to stop there. And when I get to California, I'm going to do these things. And I would think about the, that for days, just some, just something to get me out of that room. Were you trained for that? Uh, no. Uh, but when I was a young officer in the Navy, I was in San Diego, and we had uh, a Navy pilot who had been shot down over Vietnam, and uh, he was held in the Hanoi Hilton for five years. And he was given a talk, and he said he was a big golfer. So he would sit in his room and think about all the golf courses he had played, and he would think <laughs> about each shot. So <laughs> that's where I got my inspiration for, for thinking about something to get out of there. So with all the stuff that you thought about for that 311-day span, what was like the first thing you actually did? Like, What was the first thing you did, and then what was the first meal you had? After you were <laughs> well, well, when I when I got out, uh, or after I was rescued, uh, there were uh, two FBI agents that were with me the whole time. And the first first day, they said, "Well, uh, uh, 
you know, we're going to get something to eat. Well, what do you want? And uh, I said, well, I'm from uh, Memphis. I want some barbecue. <laughs> they said, okay, we'll get that at the mess hall. And then I said, uh, and I want a cigar, and I want a Jack Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Well, Roy, I saw, I saw the video. You showed it to us uh, uh-huh. at, the, at the house of the, the Rangers coming in on helicopters and rescuing you. How yep. did that? How did that happen? And uh, tell us, you were you were down there with another with a Filipino uh, man, I think, wasn't you? Oh, it was, it was an Iraqi guy. Iraqi guy, right, right. Yeah, t- 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 Filipino. T- yeah, tell us about that. Uh, well, it was that, that last day. Uh, I was down in that room, still room, totally dark. Uh, I'd had uh, canned sardines for breakfast that morning, and I was getting ready to have another can of sardines for lunch, and I hear some helicopters. And then I could hear helicopters every once in a while fly over, but this time they were getting louder, louder. And uh, then I heard a lot of running around, a lot of yelling. Uh, But since I was under a concrete floor, I couldn't tell if it was English or Arabic they were speaking. And then uh, the little room I was in, I I could hear somebody hitting on the floor with like a sledgehammer where there was a little tiny door in in the, the room I was in. And uh, they, this door gets knocked in. Soldier jumps down in the room where I'm at with his flashlight, and he uh, points it at me, and he, he says, Are you Roy? And I said, Yes. He said, uh, Come on, we're getting out of here. I said, Sounds good to me. So we uh, went up. There was a uh, Iraqi who was with me who had been kidnapped, and uh, they took us out, took us to... Uh, uh, out in the field next door to the house, and we flew out on helicopters back to Baghdad to the uh, Army Special Forces headquarters. Yeah, the the CD is amazing how how they did. Now they, they cemented that floor where that door was and pushed a freezer over the top of it. Correct. That's right. Yeah, That's that, right. That, that was unbelievable. What what are you doing now? I know you speak some. Uh, I know you uh, come up here. You're in Baltimore, and uh, you come over to the house, and you're in the in the that black car, the bird went out to, to get it, and the, uh, the soldier jumped out <laughs> and scared her to death. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, sometimes when um, um, military or FBI are doing um, terrorism training, they'll ask me to come to speak and, and tell the whole story. Uh, the military mainly because it's, some of them, especially the special forces guys, do get training about you know what to do if they get caught in a situation like this. And so there's not many people who've actually lived through what I lived through, really? and so they have me come tell you know what I did, so these guys have a little bit of the background yeah. on, on what's going on it, on it, the other side. It's an amazing story. Uh, the book buried alive. Uh, Roy Hallams, uh, you got to read it. You were on uh, Leslie Stahl had you on there, sixty minutes. That was really uh, uh, amazing. Yes. But uh, buried alive is the name of the book. Roy, thanks so much, buddy, for uh, sure sharing it. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you soon. Okay. All right, buddy. I look forward to it. Bye bye. Bye bye. Amazing, it, it, absolutely amazing story. The the book. I mean, there's uh, obviously some other uh, things that went on uh, behind the scenes. I know. Uh, uh, trying to get, I talked to uh, Bob Ehrlich's office, uh, Jim Bunning, who has passed away, who was a senator in uh, uh, Kentucky, who I knew. I tried to get a hold of these guys, see if he could do it. The main thing was get his name uh, 
in the news. Sure. So nobody would forget about him. His wife, Susan, and Carrie, his daughter, would fly from California to be on CNN probably every two weeks and would, uh, you know, try to say what they could say. It's unbelievable. Uh, I, I had uh, I tried to get the Yankees to let them go to the stadium to try to and they to put something, say something, throw out a ball and say this my husband's sure. ex husband. They wouldn't do it. Yankees. So I talked to Terry Collins with the Dodgers. I was in Augusta, Georgia at the time mm-hmm. uh, and see saw these people and anyway I asked Terry Collins, the Dodgers wouldn't do it. The Giants did it. They flew them up from Orange County, put them right. up for the weekend, awesome. put a big thing on the scoreboard and that, that was really special. But uh a great story. You got to read "Buried Alive" is the name of the book. Uh, Roy Hallams uh, is the guy, and uh, amazing, amazing. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Slider's Bar and Grill, across the street from Camden Yard, 771 feet from home plate. Perfect place to watch all the home and away Ravens and Caps games. Uh, probably watch the playoff games now as well. Slider's has a drink specials every day, and it's home of fancy clancy beer. Go to sliders.com for all the Slider's events and specials. Slider's. 771 feet away. Good play. You been down there lately? Uh, the other weekend, actually. The other weekend? Yeah. You told some, me you had some yeah, uh, you delicious had some wings, uh, some, some tater tots with crab dip on Love top. Love tater tots. I don't, so I'm not a big I, tater tot guy, but I, they have crab dip on top. That's it, where the, the story I'm not going to eat them just by himself. Or when they're with, loaded. Or with ketchup, but you put all the other yeah, the fixings. Uh, condiments on there. Yeah, that's good. Definitely you know. good stuff. But, uh, uh, but it was delicious, as always. Yeah. Everything at Sliders is just out of Perfect. the park. All right, buddy. It was great uh, great having you again. Always. Always fun. See you next cool, week. Cool, man. From the Live Casino Hotel Studio, this has been the Ross Grimsley Show. Have a good one.